You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! This just in. This episode is out right now. We're shadow dropping. Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 178. I am one of your hosts. Oops. One of your hosts, the perennial dating app swiper from Portland, Oregon, Christian Macias. And I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan and PXN founder, Daniel Prindle, aka Dan is DTM. Hello, we're live. Tell me. Never mind. I'm going to. I almost said. Okay. Yeah, we're live. I'm jo- uh, uh, <clears throat> and the president of the Tifa Lockhart fan club. He is a Nintendo aficionado and artist extraordinaire at Roro. Hello, 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 and one half hello. of the Men and Gitch podcast. Not on camera today. Battlefield's bad boy, the Tarkov Teletubby himself, my lover, Gage Dempster. Oh man, You're- I want to cuddle you, dude. Oh man, oh man, folks. First of all, I'm sorry. Secondly. Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast PXN. You can also find us on twitch.tv slash Podcast PXN. Some housekeeping today for you. First of all, happy belated birthday to Daniel Prindle, who just turned 31 or 21. Yeah, too many years. Too many years. 62, man. You're getting up there. Age. What? I'm just saying. You watch Close to retirement. Huh? I, I well, wish. isn't it 65 <laughs> that you start getting sen- like seniors discounts and stuff like that? Sure. I mean, that'll, those pennies will add up. Penny? Are you a penny pincher, Daniel? Am I a penny pincher? Um, I like to save my money. Is that a penny? I guess so. Yeah, I can't believe we. This is supposed to be a nice segment where we're like, "Hey, man, happy birthday!" Like, yeah. no, I'm I glad derailed you exist. that. I and derailed Gage that. Like, hey, I derailed you're old that. As fuck. I know. <laughs> anyway, I hope you had a good one, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have Let's have a cocktail soon. Yes. Secondly, Ro, our king, uploaded a video to his personal channel uh, titled "I had this up and then I accidentally uh, closed it up." I think it was a. Uh, I am scared of uh, Ro. Hey. Please tell me your title. It's called AI Art Scares Me. Yep. Yes. And it's about it is... how, how AI art scares me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a long video. And, yeah, and yet, work. still very, very dense. So if you're interested in AI and art and AI art, <laughs> watch that. At if, anyone's, if anyone was looking to watch another certified banger, you can go check that out. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I'd certainly bang that video. Hell oh, Yeah. God. This is the Daniel that I love. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're me, and the video is my iPad. Oh, uh, and also, no. the topic of the show this week is oh, no. which video games need a remaster. We're gonna have some fun today. I called an audible and I said, "You know what? Screw it. We're gonna have a little joyous little time on the show today." So, inshallah, we have a good time. Um. However, the show always starts with the PXN News of the Week, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Oh, yeah? Ah, quick bites. Let's snack a little bit. I don't know why I did that. Let's snack, because Gage is here, I think, probably. Don't blame me. <laughs> I'm not even on camera. I'm not even giving you sexy eyes. That's true. Well, maybe uh, I, I mean, I guess in that little picture you have there. Anyway, quick bites. <laughs> S- smaller news items here for you to digest very rapidly. Uh, Nacon will show Lord of the Rings Gollum and RoboCop, along with other games, 
and a new presentation next month. The Nacon Direct presentation will take place on March 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and will, quote, share lots of information about forthcoming games. Will you be tuning in? I don't think I will. <laughs> no. I will not. Yeah. I am so interested for the Golem thing to release, though, just to, to see how that is, <laughs> what, what that is. Uh, what if what if they release Smeagol DLC? Oh God, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, that could only help, I guess. Maybe. Um. <laughs> anyway, moving on to some exciting news for me, sort of. Yoko Taro: The King Returns. His new game has been revealed. 404 Game Reset reimagines Sega games as women and has players battling Sega to restore a world it has corrupted. And the only downside here is that it is a mobile game, which I'm not a huge mobile game gamer <laughs> myself. But everything else, up my alley. Oh, yeah. I saw this, and I was... I was... I don't know. I was surprised at first, and then I remembered it was a Yoko Taro game, and then I was like, okay, that makes sense. This guy... That guy's wild. I'm excited to see the inevitable Sonic girl, though. The Sonic waifu. Oh, because they're, they're all <laughs> They're all Sonic franchise... Or not Sonic. All Sega franchises that are being turned into anime uh, girls, so... Yeah. I'm uh, I'm worried and excited to see what Sonic looks like in it in anime girl form. <laughs> I'm worried about how excited I'm getting. If anything, God, yeah, we shouldn't uh, be having I'll... these reactions. <laughs> I like how in the um in the blog post, Yoko Taro was like, "Yeah, I don't think Sega's gonna like this because they're kind of like really the uber bad guy in this game." Oh I, well, and it was weird because he said, "I don't think Sega would want to be the good guy either." I, I remember hearing it was like the only way that it would work if Sega was a bad guy. And I think Sega would prefer it that way. And I was like, why would Sega prefer mm. it that way? But I don't know. Yoko Toro knows what he's doing, I guess. <laughs> I almost said something about Yoko Toro, but you know what? Nah, it's fine. It'll just live in my likes on Twitter. Anyway, uh, the Super Mario Bros. movie gets a commercial using the 1989 cartoon theme song. Dan is shaking his head. Yes, I thought it was cool. I I liked it. It was yeah. a little bit. You know, because you were like a teenager in 1989. I wasn't even born in 1989, Christian. Get out of here. Zing zap zooey. Get out of here. No, it was. I thought it was really cool. A uh, little throwback there. Yeah, animation's really nice, and uh, I'm sure you guys know. But if you call the number, like uh, Luigi does, pick up, but not talking. It's like a message Wait. thing to call back later. That's fantastic. What? That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the website works too. The website really too. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, some Metroid news here. Some depressing Metroid news. The only depressing Metroid news we've gotten. Uh, the original Metroid Prime developers were omitted from uh, the credits in the remaster. Rather than listing everyone who worked on the original game, the remastered credits simply include a screen that says, based on the work, of Metroid Prime original Nintendo GameCube and Wii version development staff. Shame for all the people who worked uh, so hard to make one of the best games ever made. Just resorted to just like, shout out to the staff, eh? <laughs> Demons. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It's, I feel like it's just so easy to just include their names. Uh, hmm. Just copy and paste it. I, I mean, maybe it's not that easy, but I feel like it's easy enough in to the not grand, do this. in the grand yeah. scheme of video game <laughs> yeah. development it's pretty easy yeah <laughs> that, oh it's God. so disappointing too because like 
and I'm I always bring it back to fucking Halo. I, f- I feel bad for this, but uh, it's the same thing with the Master Chief Collection, where Bungie obviously made all of those games, and I'm I'm 99.9 sure at the end it just says thanks to Bungie for creating this or whatever. Whereas like each of those games, like Halo C two three. Oh, they always had really cool uh, end credits. Uh, or yes. Not, yeah, credits where it shows everyone's names, like especially Halo mm-hmm. 2's comes to an example where it just has cool like pop-in animations and it, it looks great. So yeah, stuff like this sucks when they don't uh, include the original um, yeah. people on it. Nintendo does a lot of weird stuff. Chief among these is, is something like this. Moving on. We have a not safe for work article, so if hell yeah, yeah Grandma Warner, tune it now. If you need to mute for a minute or two, go ahead and mute now because you have been warmed. Not warmed, warned. <laughs> well, <Sorry>. not yet. <laughs> you I'm will be warmed. About this article. Yeah, you will be warmed with the creator of a Witcher Three vagina mod claims that <laughs> claims that CD Projekt used uh, it without permission in next gen release. Here in this article, I have three little blurbs here for you. Prior to its release, CD Projekt confirmed that the update included various community-made and community-inspired mods to improve visuals and overall game quality. It recently emerged that one such mod introduced styled pubic hair and visible labia, hell yes, some of the female NPCs in the game. Let's just stop there for a quick second. That's a massive dub. You know what I mean? You're willing to stop (laughs) being so prudish. Call me the Lawrence of Alavia because I'm really excited nice, about that. Nice, nice. Well, no, I shouldn't say this. Moving on. In a statement to Kotaku, CD Projekt said the mod's addition was unintended and suggested it would be removed in an upcoming patch. Quote, the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt features several community source mods not created by CD Projekt Red on top of numerous enhancements created and implemented by the studio internally, a spokesperson said. Merging everything together was a complex process and the textures in question are an unintended result present in the release version. This is something we're working to address. This is wild, actually, that they, they even used several mods in like their next-gen version of the game. I don't think I've ever heard of a case where that something like this has happened. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe the, the vagina one was, was yeah. one that also slipped in there. <laughs> but... I gotta play this game again, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the person that's like, whoops, I forgot that I didn't take that out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. This is a video game podcast. You should realize that we don't have anything to say about female anatomy. You should have known that. <laughs> nice. That's actually, that is that's a good really one. good joke. A really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah nice, dude. Nice. You can't have my fight me back, but I, I did. Anyway. I did, though. Nice. Uh, here are, is a news item for us Power Wash Simulator perverts, aka me. <laughs> Power Wash Simulator and Final Fantasy VII Midgar Special Pack uh, gets its release date, and it's coming March 2nd. It was only a materia of time. Nice. I didn't... No, that's not oh, my I, words. I, I, I'm looking I took at the that from the Power now. Wash yeah. Simulator Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Power Wash. Anyway. I will not plagiarize. <laughs> Yeah, Did the, uh, the the Laura Croft mansion ever come out? That was announced as well. I sure. I don't know. I don't know my Power Wash Simulator lore right now. <laughs> Why not? Me either. I, but these you know, but these uh these collabs are doing are pretty pretty wild already, and we're only two in so far. 
I would love to see more of these. Just wild stuff. Like a, a vagina mod in Power yeah. Wash Simulator. Wow. What would you even do <laughs> Wash that out. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, our final quick bite here. PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium get some pretty big additions to its catalog. Uh, uh, I'm going to just list off some of the bigger ones here. Uh, full list available on the blog. Uh, here we go. The Quarry. I will finally play this. Resident Evil 7. Sure. Lost Fear. Ayo. I Am Setsuna. Forgotten City. Play that. And the biggest probably of these is Horizon Forbidden West coming a year after released. We'll stop there for a second. And I'm realizing that the DLC comes just a few months after. And then there's a PSVR game with Horizon. And then the TV show at some point following. Um, and last year, it released with Elden Ring alongside of it. So Sony is trying to get people back into the Horizon world. What better way than by people who already have PlayStation Plus Extra lobbing it in there? Yeah. You know what they're doing? Getting that mm -hmm. uh, train rolling again. I, th I think a smart guy on this podcast said, why, don't, why doesn't Sony do this a year after launch? Put these Somebody definitely said that. I don't know if it was... Well... <laughs> It was, uh, if you, if you knew it was coming, I think it was me, I, bro. I think you're right. I think it was me who said that. <laughs> if you knew here. these games were coming a year later, would you ever buy the game? Absolutely, I wouldn't wait a year. Especially, I mean, yeah, for story, because like for a lot of the story single play, you don't want to be out of the loop for Figure. sure. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, no, I would not want to be out of the conversation of God okay. of War Ragnarok for a year. Heck no. Did you beat Horizon, Dan? No, but that okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every I wouldn't say I would buy every first party Sony game at launch, but like you know, God of War Ragnarok. There's no way I would have waited. Christian a year thinks to he's play Matt that. Murdock right now. He thinks he's <laughs> your honor. I want I want to see more smaller games. Like uh, they they launched Stray on the platform once. And I was like, yes, yeah, dub. I want to see more smaller games like this come. Season did I thought would have been a perfect. What's that? Did you play Stray? Yeah, I I played it and beat it. Oh, did you? Was it good? I enjoyed it. That's exciting. I enjoyed it. I mean, as a game itself, it was okay. But for like pulling, I'm not. I'm not gonna get into this right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then some classics were also included in this drop. Uh, this is huge. Uh, Legend of Dragoon. That's insane. What talk about an RPG? Like a, a mega RPG. Legend of Dragoon. Wild Arms Two. Huge. Harvest Moon. Huge. Destroy All Humans. Maybe not as huge, but still. There you have it. Called classic, uh, apparently. People love that game. Yes. Yeah. I played it. I was never like, you know, hankering for more of it. But no. Mm -hmm. The people that like uh, then, it love it. Sure. 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 And then for you PC fiends, Returnal launches today on PC. So if you have not played Returnal, uh, I would suggest you do so. It's a very good game. You can return to Returnal. Only and I did for that on... DLC, the co-op DLC. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. You were gonna, yeah, you were. Gonna I was gonna dunk page. on Dan, but I've done that too much. Dan, I love you, and mm -hmm. I appreciate you as a human being. <laughs> I need to be stated for the record. It, it's too easy to dunk on Dan. Not, not true. You're a tall guy. That's true. Have anyway. so many you have a, you do have a significantly <laughs> longer wingspan than I do. Mm, true. You know what else is long? Uh -oh. Anyway. 
no street meet today. No rumors. Absolutely zero rumors. At least not that I saw. There could have been, but I failed you. Instead, we're going to mob on over into the PXN News of the Week. We have three bigger items here for you, starting with some Nintendo news, specifically Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Two news items for you. Nintendo says, one, that Tears of the Kingdom's $70 price point is not the trend going forward. Say what? A spokesperson replied, quote, we determine the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case-by-case basis. So it's not to say it's, it'll be the only, only $70 game. <laughs> what if the next Mario game is also a big game? You know? Maybe they price it at 70 as well. How do they, how do they gauge that? Is it quality? Is it... At... I don't know, okay. man. They won't, even, they won't even put developers in the credits, so who knows? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, they, they upped the price to add the... Uh... To cover the development costs for putting yeah. extra names in there. Nice. Uh, <laughs> you want me? <laughs> you want to get credited for your work? This is what it um, But yeah, I'm hoping it is quality and that like specific titles. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that it just doesn't happen as often as 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 this article suggests. Um, I'm glad that it's not the trend as as they're saying. But um, I could absolutely see the next Mario game costing that much or like metroid prime 4 or something like that um cost and that i would much. pay i would pay that much for metroid prime 4 yeah I'd pay 80 and i and unfortunately they nintendo seems to know that that's why they're pricing Tears of the kingdom at, at that at that oh much oh my but, god yeah in Oregon. canada so it's like 100 yeah. bucks for them for, for zelda yeah. yeah even more expensive now yeah dang and it's already like near that price before the price increase like it's uh i think it's it's like 93 dollars after tax yeah so now it's for definitely going to be and now that with the ten dollar bump, that means yeah, eighty nine ninety nine before tax, and then you're looking at well over a hundred bucks. Yep. Oof. Yep. <laughs> that's that's pretty steep for games, man. It's an expensive hobby, isn't it? Yep. It's hurting out here. Mm. <laughs> what what I'm still trying to figure out is what sixty dollar Nintendo game would they not price at seventy dollars? Like they almost say this like. You know, we're going to have some of our $60 games that we used to release uh, traditionally at $60 not be at $70. So, like, what would that? I could probably. Oh, sorry, bro, bro. Okay, bro, you, you first. I was going to say games, probably like the sports games, I, I would assume. Yep. Oh, that's fair. Or like Pikmin yeah. even that's coming out. I feel like that's not like a, a game they might price at that point. Like, there's a, there's a couple of Nintendo franchises that I don't think they'll they see at that level even though I'm sure they love them, but I don't think right. they, they expect uh, us to pay that price for it yeah. just yet. Maybe next Switch, they hike it up, but for what we're, paying, what, what we're playing on right now, it's kind of, kind of a hard pill to swallow, I think. Yeah, there are prestige experiences on Nintendo, and I'd call those like Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, you know, the forthcoming Metropod 4, but then there are games like, you know, Mario, you know, whatever. <laughs> that terrible uh, comeback that they tried to do with um, Mario Strikers that was yeah. nowhere near as good as the original. And like that, if they priced that at seventy dollars, that'd be terrible, in my opinion. Uh, some more Tears of the Kingdom news, real quick. The file size for it makes it the largest Switch game to date. And I was like, "Whoa, how big is it going to be?" And I forget that Switch games are a lot smaller. Uh, so it's eighteen point two gigabytes. Uh, and then for comparison, I looked it up. Breath of the Wild was 14.4 gigs. So this game is four gigabytes bigger. Everyone, huh. be prepared. Get those micro SD cards ready. 
Heck yeah. Got all those vertical parts of the 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 same map, I guess, with uh, how we're going into the sky. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that that definitely mm-hmm. added added a little extra stuff onto it too. So exciting! It's also got to be the gameplay mechanics of like building stuff, right? That's true. To yeah, yeah to interact. So, are you ready for some credits. shitty news? And the credits. And the credits. And the credits. <laughs> Wait, listeners. Three gigs. Listeners at home should guess at what this news is about because. I mean, it's pretty easy to guess. <laughs> Every time. Every time. It's... <laughs> Are you done guessing? Is it, is it Activision? <laughs> yeah. Good job, Timmy. Uh, yay! <laughs> yeah. And you got an ABK update for you. Bobby Kotick will absolutely remain, quote unquote, Activision CEO if Microsoft deal fails. Of course. Uh, some, yeah. Despite reports suggesting that Kotick is expected to leave Activision Blizzard once the deal is done, the company claimed in a report to shareholders in April 2022 that Kotick hadn't discussed his plans before the acquisition announcement and still hadn't up to that point. Quote, no discussions or negotiations regarding post-closing employment arrangements with Microsoft occurred between Microsoft and Mr. Kotick prior to the approval and the execution of the merger agreement and the transactions contemplated thereby, I'm, I'm getting bored just reading this, <laughs> or have occurred subsequent to uh, such approval and execution through the date hereof. Nice one, dude, the report claimed. Should Kotick be terminated following Microsoft's acquisition, Kotick could be in line to receive hundreds of million dollars because he deserves that. Uh, sarcasm. <laughs> Last bit. Kotick had come under fire following a November 2021 report by the Wall Street Journal, which alleged that he was aware of multiple sexual misconduct allegations at ABK and was uh, enabling a toxic workplace culture at the company, which, of course, we, we pretty much know to be true. Uh, this, guy, this guy freaking sucks. And, and some, uh, he, should, he should totally not stay. He should face jail time. Some against himself, too, right? There was allegations against him as well. Mm-hmm. Whatever. He threatened, like, to have, he threatened to have one of his secretaries yep. murdered? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, by the way, again, somebody ended up committing suicide because of like these sexual misconducts at the workplace, which he knew of, which, in my opinion, puts him like, if not directly, like at least indirectly responsible for such a death. And again, well, should. Yeah, it just goes to show you how how toxic this workplace is, because you think something like that would be a brutal wake up call for a lot of those guys that are doing this. But the incident where this woman who um, had committed suicide uh, the incident where her pictures were being passed around happened after she committed suicide. At that, Christmas that's party. insane. Yes, that happened after. I don't know if we mentioned that at the time, but like because there's just so much to go over. But that happened after that. So th- these people are like, this is just one of the most toxic workplaces ever, and obviously he knows about it. I think this is one of those situations where he's seeing the numbers, he's seeing the results because I mean we all see the numbers, and he doesn't care. Well, of course not when Call of Duty still sells and makes millions or whatever. Exactly. Shame. Shame, dude. Shame. Like, yeah. I Obviously, like, this is a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo in terms of uh, what's happening to him after the merger completes, if it does complete. Like, I hope to God that Microsoft would have some sense to say, no, you've got to go, regardless of... I know there's that stipulation in his contract or whatever that he'll basically get a col- a golden parachute to fucking 
take millions of dollars, you know, yeah. and be fired. But like at the end of the day, he he's got to go. Yeah, I I think I mean as much like operating on zero information and one hundred percent conjecture. I feel like it's a pretty safe bet that for optics, Microsoft would want to get rid of him if the deal goes through. And I also think it's also obvious he's not going to want to leave if the deal doesn't go through. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Either way, he's gonna stay. He's gonna make money. He's gonna make yeah. money, but that but that that ship sailed. Yeah. That ship has sailed. The man's already worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and even if he yeah. left with nothing, he still doesn't have to lift his finger for the rest of his life, which is unfortunate. But I love inequity. Anyway, right. Last news item here. Microsoft admits in an IGN article. I'm well, sorry, in a GamesIndustry.biz article. That was, the, that was the end I'm, I'm pulling from IGN. <laughs> uh, that Game Pass, quote-unquote, cannibalizes sales. Uh, of course, Ryan McCaffrey also tweeted this saying, we knew this. It's, it's a reason why uh, we don't see Xbox games uh, in NPD uh, anymore. However, let's read you some, some actual points here from the article. As reported by GI Biz, the confirmation was included as part of the UK Competition and Markets Authority's provisional report on Microsoft Microsoft's proposed $69 billion merger with Activision Blizzard. Embedded within the 277-page document was a short paragraph revealing that Microsoft had submitted an internal analysis to the government body that showed a redacted percent decline in base game sales 12 months following their addition on Game Pass. Again, this is just what we talked about earlier, Dan. I don't know, sorry, I just, I don't know why I'm calling you out for something we said <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, the admission clashes with remarks made by Xbox boss Phil Spencer back in 2018 when he claimed that adding titles to the service actually boosted sales. In a statement sent to IGN, an Xbox post- spokesperson responded, uh, Xbox Game Pass offers gamers and game creators more choice and opportunity in how they discover, experience, and deliver games. For gamers, that means providing another option for them to discover games and play with friends at a great value. No disagreement there. Uh, for the developers, that means creating another option for how they monetize their games. Absolutely. We're focused on helping game creators of all sizes maximize the total financial value they receive through Game Pass. Each game is unique, so we work closely with creators to build a custom program to reflect what they need, ensure they are compensated financially for their particip- participation in the service, and allow room for creativity and innovation. As a result, the number of developers interested in working with Game Pass continues to grow. Absolutely. Lots there. I'll, I'll just jump in. Uh, I think the key there as well is like, you know, obviously developers continue to want to work with Microsoft and, and go into Game Pass. So obviously Microsoft must be giving some pretty good checks uh, for being a Game mm-hmm. Pass game. Uh, and you, I guess as a developer, you kind of have to weigh that and say, well, you know, we've released with uh, Game Pass with them in the past. Like we lost maybe this amount of sales, but we also gained this huge upfront sum that Microsoft is just giving us maybe to even boost their next project um, and, and help fund that. So it is interesting. And as you were saying, as we were talking about a little bit ago as well, it does indicate that um there's a decline in terms of game sales but i think it's also important to note that microsoft's strategy is very different than what sony's doing they want people to go into the services aspect as opposed to buying games 
um, outright. Uh, they want that consistent stream of Game Pass sales and uh, subscriptions, I guess, is the better word. Uh, so, yeah, who knows if this will be profitable in the I guess it's profitable. That's what they said. But if it will be continuously successful, you know, over the next five, 10, 15 years, I don't know. Is it profitable, though? Because I don't think we have numbers on that. I think they haven't released numbers uh, on profits in in like two years or something like that that's true yeah it's been a while i know at one point they said it was profitable but i i'm not sure when that was um, yeah but it still is now yeah i the thing oh real i'm just curious like uh we say is it profitable and and i i I, we don't know i just like like what can they do now like can they like stop doing game pass they don't the only thing they could do is like raise the price i guess right to make it Mm more profitable for them but I was, what i was thinking of in my head is like it's come ps6 time what's xbox going to be doing are they still going to be doing game pass or are they going to be trying to do what sony's kind of doing now or is sony going to be doing a game pass model it's, it's interesting to see like us talking about is it profitable and just me thinking about the future i can't imagine game pass going away whether it's profitable or not i just it's just what xbox is now and i feel like they're just going to invest into that more and more until it's just like Xbox again, like Xbox is everywhere. What Phil wants is just it's just on everything. Uh, it's it's interesting to, interesting to think about from that perspective for me. My question is always always goes back to goes back to sustainability, and we won't know that for like probably years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm also not even like someone who's that that dialed in that could have something like very intelligent to say about it. If I'm being honest, I'll just admit it now. Um. But like I can't help but compare it to like other streaming services because this is probably the closest analogy I have with Game Pass to something that's you know like a Netflix subscription. Like when prices go up, you know, or they change parts of it, people usually aren't happy because things are expensive, you know, right? Like the inevitable Game Pass price hike, we've been predicting for a while. I know Dan has said like it's not going to happen soon, and he's been right so far, which is insane. And which is great for us because it is a great value. Um, but the thing for me is like, Microsoft does have money to burn. They do partnerships, incredible partnerships all the time. Case in point, like yeah, they just bought uh, like Tango and stuff. Uh, and their parent, who's their parent company? Zenimax. Tesla. Yeah, Zenimax. Tesla. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Hi-Fi Rush is like a game of the year contender, critically lauded, right? was that a product of like game pass not necessarily right like the things that i have to look look to are like games made in the echo chamber of like long-term game pass or sorry xbox studios um and those are still a big question mark for me their partnerships and stuff like no doubt it's fantastic and i love my game pass for it in terms like first party i still like hmm what is this going to look like made uh in tandem with like game pass right when like I guess it's 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 an othering. Like the only way I've known the game industry is like, you make a game, that's the investment, and you hope that it sells. And when that game does big numbers, you're able to then use that profit to then put that back into your studios and continue that cycle, right? So as as in Game Pass, though, like is the money there enough to sustain that for first parties? That's still a big I don't know for me. You know, the other thing I thought about as well that I just thought of they have really great like DLC packs that they put out. So for instance, Forza Horizon 5, 
was out on Game Pass, but they also had like a, I think a 30 or $35 um, pack that you could buy that would give you all the expansions and new cars mm-hmm. and all of that. So like that kind of stuff obviously isn't tracked by these sales as True. well. Um, I, I would be curious as to like, you know, that kind of attach rate to people who are on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought somebody else was going to jump in. All this to I, say. Yeah. Real. No, I, I, I don't really have anything more to add, honestly. That's, I, I just think it's interesting to, like what, what you're saying about the first party games. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just curious about the future of, of what this could look like. Is yeah. kind of where, I, where, I, where I'm at. Would you guys consider this like an experiment almost? <laughs> this is all an experiment. It's a very successful one. It is. It is a very successful one. I mean, is it though? Again, we don't know. Again, yeah, we don't know. We don't know profit numbers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But in terms of like maybe attach rate or like getting people to try cool new games, absolutely. Absolutely freaking fantastic. In the short term, we're eating, but in the long term, who knows? As long as we're fed in the short term, I can't complain, Dan. That's fair. Uh, fantasy draft check-in. Last week, we actually forgot to talk about some pickups that uh, others have picked up. So, and then I think Ro picked up some games as well. So let's go through the games that we have picked up since our, our actual draft, what, a month ago now, uh, and then see what games are upcoming. So, Dan, after your initial five, you picked up a couple games. I forget if we mentioned these. You picked up horizon forbidden west burning shores the dlc you also grabbed octopath traveler 2 alan wake 2 stalker 2 and assassin's creed mirage assassin's mirage is the only game i don't think might will will hit this year if i'm being honest but i can see that game pushed as well mm-hmm. see? we'll see you're talking to the champ here <laughs> I hate that you're able to say that, and it's like, yeah, in every, like it's accurate. Like that's the part that makes me upset. And then Ro, Ro picked up, I think, one game, which was Atomic Heart. Yeah, that we think we mentioned last week. I think we did mention that last week. And then tell him how he's going against me and how he's crossing me. <laughs> I counterpicked Redfall. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I, Good. That's okay. I mean, it was fine. Rashan was like, you know what? I haven't been suplexed in a while. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't gotten my bells rung. Let's go up against Gage. And you know what? Like, it's, I get it. I'm going to lose maybe two points. <laughs> <laughs> that's, nice. that's, that's our prediction. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. That's completely fair. Ro got the news last week that you have to be always online to play this game. He's like, oh, hell no. I'm counter this ace. That was, yeah, I, that was honestly based. I I was feeling very much like that, Ro. And then, like, I was considering counterpicking it as well. And then I looked at all of Arcane's previous games and I'm like, oh, no. surely this game can't fucking be that bad because, like, all of their previous games have been very good. It's the same hit, man. Yeah. So, Do they? Are they usually good? critically? Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. What Except about Prey? Prey? Prey even did decent, right? I thought it even did. Like, I know there was the whole IGN thing, but I thought it still did. Yeah, it's eighty-two percent still. 
Mm. What about? This is the first co-op game, though. I think Death so. Loop. Yeah. No, Death Loop did great. Oh, among critics. What the hell? Death Loop got did... ten out of ten from IGN. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah not, not with me. Yeah, not with ISO Christian. So. <laughs> and then Dishonored and Dishonored Two both got, I think, eighties, low eighties, high eighties. Yeah. Okay, maybe I'll lose four points. <laughs> Double it and give it to the Start next sweating. person. Start sweating. Start <laughs> sweating. <laughs> Double it and give it to And I haven't picked up anything. Uh, I've been busy. But Gage picked up four items. Hogwarts Legacy, which netted him 14 points. I think we mentioned this last week as well. Minecraft Legends. It's pretty, probably a pretty huge pick, this Legends game. Uh, the Phantom Liberty DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, another indie darling replaced. Whatever. We got like 10 months left. I'm no, I'm <laughs> if I no don't come in rush. fourth, I win, by the way. You'll never hear the end of it. That's all I'm playing for. With my half of third? a league, if I manage to get into third with half of a with half of my slots empty, I will you will never hear the end of it. Gage, if you I get, will consider that and I will see this as an absolute win. If you get third place, I'm gonna just give you like a hundred dollars or something because there's <laughs> Bro, no way. Bro, a hundred dollars American? Hey, there's no way. A hundred dollars American though? Gage, should I should I lose it on purpose? No, for no, don't no, lose it on absolutely purpose. not. There's no honor in that. Dan, if you give me a hundred dollars American, I I, mean, I can retire right now. <laughs> I'm I'm going Bobby Kotick mode. <laughs> that's that's a golden parachute if I've ever heard one. A hundred dollars. A hundred American dollars? Hell yeah, brother! There's a flag on the field. We're taking a timeout for Tilu Tilu timeout episode. Five oh, premiered man. last Friday, titled "Endure and Survive," and we endured and we survived. Indeed, most of us did. Can I can I jump in nice. here because I've missed two I've missed two discussions. I missed talking about episode three. You know how hard that was to listen to you guys talk about that and wanting to like come <laughs> in and gush about it as well. I will say I think episode five is probably the best episode of The Last of Us so far. In turn, and when I say that, I mean like in best representing what The Last of Us is. I, I I adored episode three. I would have been here to gush about it all the same. But I think episode five, just with that element of suspense and horror and still having that emotional gut punch, I was incredibly blown away. And even though I would I would have given episode three a 10 out of 10, this is probably my second 10 out of 10. I don't have any complaints with this episode whatsoever. I think it's laying really good like groundwork for the themes of like uh, the second game and the second story. And I hate that. No, 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 no. I like that. That's good. <laughs> That's not a good thing. That's not that a, good, is a thing. good thing. That's a great thing. No, what? I think... Oh, Gage, because, but here's the thing, though, because the, that it, what's happening in the game, again, we don't get... Sp- I mean, what's happening in the show, we don't get specifics in the game, but again, they're just expanding on the groundwork that was already there. These people were already after Henry and Sam relentlessly in the game. We don't get a, we don't get a clear picture as to why, but like when I see this, I'm like, okay, this, this very well could have been why. Absolutely. I don't I don't I don't know. I, I was I was thoroughly impressed with this and shout out to the bloater. That was absolutely fucking awesome. <laughs> um, that was great. Again, sm- seeing the small things and the attention to detail, like the the everybody's pointing out, like the death animation that happens to Perry in the background is absolutely fucking that was good. Man, what a what a treat. What an absolute treat. Also, shout out to Jeffrey Pierce. He killed it. He had very he had very small scenes and very small screen time, but like I don't know. I really enjoyed his. Uh, I really enjoyed his his restrained kind of performance that he gave, and uh, of course Melanie Linsky, the goat, continues to fucking crush it and everything she does. She was good. 
And then she got her, she got chimped on by a seven year old clicker, which is amazing. <laughs> that was great. That episode was great. That whole, that whole scene. Yeah. I, I think it's perfect. Let somebody else jump in. I, I, I have no complaints with that episode whatsoever. I think Roe is uh, starting to say something as well. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was great as well. I had a great time with that episode. It was it was very sad near the end. I loved uh, the performances from from everyone. And I, I think I keep saying it every week where it's like, we're comparing two really good things. So there's, we're just getting additive stuff to an already great story, like Gage was saying with... Uh, um, with the Henry and Stam uh, running from the the Fedra stuff, like that's just added on story that makes their tale a little bit more engaging for for me, and I, I agree. Um, but the performance that Bella gave when Sam uh, turned, I thought was just better than Ashley Johnson's reaction in the video game. I just felt more raw and real to what was going on, and her like little. <sighs> Her, just her, the tears rolling down her face when Henry had to shoot, yes, uh, shoot Sam. Just felt more real to what was going on, as opposed to like in the video game. You don't, I guess, you don't really see her reaction that much. But she's just like, oh my god. And I, I guess you, you you could have those reactions, and that could be a very real reaction to that kind of situation. Just depends on who you are. But just something about how these this scene played out, it, I just felt more in in it than I did in the game. I. And, I agree wholeheartedly. I just want to jump in. It seemed like her reaction in the show seemed like a person in shock. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like in the game, it was like acting sad and it, it worked, but this felt like she was literally like short circuiting and was like, Oh my God, what's happening. So I caught that too. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. That was, yeah. Bella fucking killed it in that scene. Sorry. And I, and I just wanted to also shout out the, the bonding moments that Henry and no, no, that Sam and Ellie had leading up to everything made that hit so much more as well. And, I ha and they had those moments in the game and, and arguably we probably spent more time with them in the game. We definitely did, but there were more bonding moments in the game as well. But I don't know, there's just something about them like nerding out about the comics in this and Ellie reading to him and like passing the notes back and forth that just like really sold that connection and them being able to be kids for a, a couple nights, just it, it, it really tugged at my heartstrings. It was really good. For me, the best Henry and Sam bits um, were not were nowhere near when Joel and Ellie were around. For me, the best part was actually in the beginning Dude, when they're yeah. in when they're when they're in the house and and Sam is having sorry Henry is having to prove to Sam that like he's not scared because he can't show that or else Sam will know. Um, and he like drops like crayons or whatever, and is like this place is ugly, uh, and they start like coloring the walls, um, and you get like that like that shot of like the window like. With the sun coming in, it's a bit, it's a bit warmer. And like for me, it's like, yeah, this is this is the Last of Us. Like these small moments of warmth before, like it all goes inevitably goes to shit. Like just this moment of love, and that that got to me more. That actually got me like a little bit tear eyed, way more than the ending, because I also knew like the ending was coming. Right. Mm -hmm. um, the only thing I want to like counter gauge is that the show leaning into the themes of the Last of Us two, I'm not sold on. I think for because I have the game in mind. Um, the thing for me is like Tlu 2's themes work so well because they're in direct contrast to Tlu 1. Um, not to say that like darkness isn't present in, in, in The Last of Us 1 per se, like that's obviously not true. But I think it's only as efficient and, and as strong when you have such like a strong base to counteract that. And then setting all this up 
in 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 numerous episodes but before this too with like Ellie being like a lot colder feels like almost a bit wrong to me like again Tilu 2 is only strong because like she has like that moment where she just changes and just shifts completely um that's my only yeah my only I critique. I um I wouldn't want them to make that, the th- but that's the thing. Like, for me, it was like, okay, as of right now, they've only really... Like, aside from the character changes of Ellie, which I don't even know if necessarily... I, again, I agree with you. Like, they, need, they really need to start um, getting uh, progressing her Survivor's Guild, which looks like we're probably going to see that now with, with the end of this most previous episode. I think that... And also, they're doing something clever where it seems like um, the characters keep hanging on to items from, from people that they've come across. Like... Somebody's oh, yeah. pointed out that now Joel is wearing Frank's shirt and has uh, Henry's backpack. So I'm guessing they are going to play to that towards the end of the game to get that payoff of like some sort of recap of that, that final conversation and what they might say to each other. Um, but no, I think, I mean, again, it's it's kind of like how the entire season isn't about Bill and Frank. I don't think, yeah, I think I think to me, I just read it as laying the groundwork and getting the audience used to the idea that people can... Sometimes it doesn't matter whether or not something is logical. You're just driven by emotion, right? Which is the main. Which but is the we main. Know that. We know that with Joel. <sighs> yes and no, though, that's because a, Joel's that's been the, very. That's the climax of the game is like. But Joel's, but Joel's not on a vengeance trip right now. He's doing something. He is, he is working on. And even then, you could argue that. No, I, I would disagree with that because you could argue the logical side would be oh, get this girl if you care about getting. Uh, a, a vaccine. Now, obviously, we know Joel doesn't care about that himself, but I would say that you you've just secured the city, you've just won a revolution. Now is the time to start focusing on getting your sort of camp in order. And she's still concerned with hunting down this one person. I would say that's a much better to me. That's a much better representation of that sort of mindless vengeance that the season two is about. So I would I would say that if I don't know, I I like them laying the groundwork for that. I could see how maybe that might take away from it but if it's just this episode that they kind of get into that and then everything else gets back to normal i think that i honestly prefer getting the audience used to that because as we all know with the game that some people were oh, like this fuck is the audience uh, yeah but Yo, who I cares i don't know i thought it was good i thought it was good dan what'd you think <laughs> uh i think I agree with a lot of what everyone said, actually. Uh, I think you guys all had good points. Uh, I do want to shout out, like, the dude who played the bloater. That freaking suit, I think they said is, like, 80 pounds or something. Yeah, huge, right? Yeah. That's insane. That that suit is incredible. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that I wish the Halo series did with, like, the Elites, for instance, because the, the CGI on the Elites is not very convincing, whereas the bloater is physical, you know, you know, it's actual things you can touch. Like, it's so detailed. It looks really good on screen. Uh, so I really love that. Uh, and that whole scene of all of the freaking, uh, you know, infected coming out of that hole, that was just absolutely incredible and incredibly so many. Moment. Yes, that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you guys as well. I think Sam and Henry were fantastic. And like, in some ways, I almost felt like uh, the show did a better job of like expanding on those two more than the game did. And they did it in a shorter amount of time. And like, that's, yes. that's again, one of my, you know, I guess you could call it criticisms of the show is that I feel like we should get more of that because like, I love those moments so much. Like, 
those characters are great. Let's see more of them. Like it, it does still feel a little bit rushed to me where we're having these events happen super quickly. The only episode in my eyes that didn't feel rushed was episode three, which right. I mean, they did a great job of pacing that episode and yeah, yeah. Nine episodes just does, it doesn't seem like it's going to be enough for for this. Dog. Sam choosing to go to sleep facing the other way because he's deaf and he knew he wouldn't hear Ellie when he woke or turned is heartbreaking. You know what? Yeah. You know what's even more heartbreaking is somebody pointed out that he would have just sat there staring at the sun forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is mm. the part that kills me. <laughs> also, you know what? Actually, I do want to bring something up. I think there's a missed opportunity with this show with how grounded it is. It's something that they didn't bring over from the game, which is actually I'm surprised because I, I wish they would have leaned more into the fact that in the game, it makes it very clear that you are trapped inside of your inside of your infected sort of form. Yes. Because if you hang around long enough around infected, you can hear them muttering words. You can hear them say like, please. And they start scratching at themselves. I would have really loved for that because that comes up in the game. Uh, I mean, again, uh mm -hmm. sam does write it on his pad and like yeah it does get some screen time but in the game i think i don't know i don't know maybe it was just the performance or the fact it just seemed like it, it was given some time to like gestate where it's like oh i really don't like do you think these people are still people and all that stuff i don't know i i think that that's kind of a missed opportunity that would have been that would have made that scene even more heartbreaking especially if we've seen clips of like infected walking the streets maybe of and just you kind of if they lean into that a bit more um i agree and I will say, actually, small criticism. This is this is a famous gauge, uh, Larry David nitpick. They're gonna have to start cleaning this up a little bit. I don't want them to Walking Dead this because when Ellie climbed into that car, there is no reason that a clicker who hunts by sound would have chose to get into the car when there is all this chaos and pandemonium happening outside. As soon as they started doing this stuff, where it's like, oh, let's have somebody chase the main antagonist. I'm like, okay, but why justify it in the lore? Because this little seven-year-old creature had to climb into that van when realistically she would have been running around like everybody else, listening to all the gunshots going off. So I'm just, I'm just saying. And and again, when she snuck up on on um, Kathleen. Kathleen, she there's no reason for her to be there. She should have been running towards the gunshots and the screaming behind her. So I just listen, Craig. I know you listen to this, <laughs> Craig Mason. I know you listen to the podcast BXN. Imagine I'm gonna let this one slide, but you need to clean it up. Okay, the clickers are awesome. Everyone thinks they're cool. Episode two is great. Don't start playing fast and loose with the rules. All right, Craig? Got it? Good. And that concludes. Anyone else have anything to say, actually, before we close out? Uh, I just thought it was really good. <laughs> Shout out to the actor who played Henry, born and raised in Toronto. He's a, oh, he's really? a local. Yeah. Lamar Johnson was his name. You see him dance, the video of him dancing? Yeah, that Lynn told me about that. Yeah, yeah, and and the and the actor who played uh, as Sam, who was actually deaf, which I thought was really neat. Yes, uh, little detail after the yeah. episode, they did the little behind the scenes thing. So I, I mean, good for really them cool. for giving this kid a, a chance, right? Like his break. God. This is his break, and he killed it. He absolutely he was killed great. it. Oh also, shout God. out to the cinematography. That little that, there's a, there's an awesome there's an awesome shot where um, Henry peeks out and. You can see the reflection of the store banner, and it kind of paints the orange stripe, the orange mask across his face as he's as he's looking out for Fedra, and that's just that's like right after he paints the super sand. There's a whole super sand mm. thing. I thought that was very again a small moment, but when you have talent behind the camera, this is these are the things that you get. It's not just about yep. who's in front of the camera. When you have talented people behind the camera, you get these nice little moments that 
aren't even verbal or anything, but I thought that was a very beautiful touch. What Can if I... the show was like, oh yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Mine's, mine's what like if a it was, What if it was like 12 episodes, you know, and we got like the whole ish story, mm. you know? Oh my God. I would have loved that. See, when they were going back and they started doing all these flashbacks with like the scientists and all that stuff, that would have been awesome, man. Mm. That would have been great. I think they could have done it in 11, honestly. Like, I don't know. Mayhaps. It's, it's very strange that they're not doing the full 10. I still think that's very strange, very weird, but. Yeah. HBO most religiously does 10 episodes. It doesn't, doesn't matter what the show is. Everything's 10 episodes. So very strange that it's only nine, but I it could be also because of the budget. This is, budget. One, of the, yep. this is one of the biggest launch uh, budgets that they've had for a show. It's paying off for them, man. It is, <laughs> the but they didn't know yeah. that. They didn't True. know that, to be fair. So do, maybe that's yeah. the reason. Do we get numbers this week? Of, like if it the viewers increased again or was it? I didn't look up any up row. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> not, not to pull a Dan and bring it back to Halo, but these, this, is my, <laughs> this is my complaints with the Halo show is that um, I didn't realize this. That cul-de-sac, they built that entire cul-de-sac because they oh wanted God. to actually be able to do the practical effects of the truck sinking into the ground. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we can't pull this off with by with like city bylaws so they literally just built a cul-de-sac i'm like this is the an this actual street yeah <laughs> I, I guess these people wouldn't let us film here if we <laughs> ransacked their homes Which, and covered it in moss but is, this is the hbo touch that it's like wow this is fucking insane which that is a fair criticism gauge however i i would push back a tiny bit on that to say like it's also a lot more difficult to build a fucking covenant heist charity city like you know no no i i'm talking more about like i was using that in a general term of practical effects i, I gotcha. understand yes. and i actually you yeah. and i you and i agree <laughs> one of the few things we agree on in the halo show is that the props department absolutely did the best with what they could and they killed yeah. it in a lot of places but in terms of like again the 80 pound suit like you're right. In Halo, there is a lot of things that are CGI. So the things that aren't CGI should look fucking spectacular. Yeah. And it's just that HBO touch uh, that you get when you have when you're on that network. And my god, man, the bloater, not... the bloater. It only had 38 seconds of screen time. Did it feel <laughs> like that for you guys? If I felt totally satisfied with what I saw from the bloater, like ripped... that they made that thing terrifying building up to it. So the fact that it only had 38 seconds of screen time, I didn't even realize that afterwards. People were complaining about it. I was like, "What are you talking about? That was awesome." Rip the head yeah. off. Oh, that was insane. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, Ro, I'm not seeing anything uh, in terms of viewership, although I'd imagine shifting the show over to Friday night may have impacted it in some regard. However, it is the highest rated, uh, rated episode of the series so far with a 9.6 rating on IMDb. So that's take that uh, for whatever. That's huge. 9.6 on IMDb. That's, that's getting up there. I think that's what Breaking Bad has that makes it the highest rated show. Now, that's the entire show, not just an episode, but. Sure. And that's different. All right. Uh, what you got for me, Dan? I've got my first game of the year contender for this year, guys. I'm continuing my run of completing games. This is the year of completing games among all the other year of things we're doing. Uh, but. It is Hi-Fi Rush. That game, absolutely love that game. I know, Ro, you really loved it as well. Very stoked that uh, we can share in that love together yes. because oh, every minute of this game, I absolutely loved like the combat, everything. Like It's very forgiving. It doesn't punish you for sucking. Like My timing was always terrible. I talked about it last week, but I still loved the heck out of it. The story, the characters, the art style, everything together just 
felt really good. Uh, all the boss battles felt really unique and different. And like, Ro, I know you talked about um, your favorite boss battle being Mimosa, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that's yeah, so, yeah, so good. <laughs> that's so good as well. Yes. And like the final, uh, or I'm sorry, the second to last boss battle I thought was insane. I was like, that's so cool as well. Uh, that was the, 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 the bank wolf. Yes. Werewolf. One? Yes. Yeah. I love that. that. Awesome. Yes. Oh, but yes, I, I really love this game and I'm very happy that Tango was able to do this. Uh, and like you said before, Christian, that you weren't sure that game pass caused this game to be created but i kind of feel like it was because like man shinji mikami is not someone that's no, known sure. known for like this kind of game he's horror only pretty much exclusively so like i i'm not sure that this game would have been created oh, because he didn't direct no he did not you're correct but like the question is is if they weren't a part of microsoft and you know had the flexibility of game pass and giving their studios more leeway to do these things would shinji mikami be okay saying all right you guys take this huge risk making this you know weirdly different game that we've never done before like i don't yeah. know if he would have approved that um i agree with you dan so like yeah i just love love that it happened when, when did they buy bethesda like that game must have been in pre-production before they bought bethesda it's unclear they bought bethesda but, in 2019 i believe uh but not before Be game pass though 2021 bethesda yeah is that right oh why was i thinking 2019 because know. COVID has shifted our perception of time <laughs> apparently yeah it really Dude, i would have guessed insane it was on a whim i would have guessed 2019 yeah. over 2021 but so, no it was 2021 so 2021 two years ago so it may have already been like floating around i i don't know how long this game took to make oh i'm sorry you can't make a game in two years like this you don't right? think so you probably know. could you Unless probably you use could. ai am i right bro <laughs> it's not that long of a game so like i I, don't I would know. say the animation. It's like, not Skyrim. The, the animation yeah. is like that takes a lot of work doing that. It's fair, but That's it's fair. it's it is possible, Dan. I, I agree, but I feel like the 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 amount of effort that went into this, I feel like it might have taken a bit longer. But I I don't disagree with your point, though. It's just I'm not sure if yes. this was the game that right that 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 proves your point. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And and maybe it's like a double fine situation because double fine before they were acquired by Microsoft, they were often known for doing experimental type things. They they literally had game jam uh, days for their devs where they would be like, hey, you guys go create whatever you want for this weekend and we're going to split mm -hmm. up into multiple teams and whoever comes up with the cool idea, we, we might, you know, make this game. So like, yeah, I, we really just we don't know. I'm sure it was in pre-production or production before that but yeah i i don't know i'm just glad it happened and i'm very very happy for tango and uh, yeah I, i'm excited for their next project because i've loved everything well minus ghostwire ghostwire is not really my jam but you know yeah skip that yeah who's up next um i could go next I'm just going down the list as always. Uh, okay. And Tales of Arise, I rolled credits on Tales of Arise finally. I won't have to talk about it ever again, but this is the last time, I guess. Uh, or maybe not, because I kind of feel like I'm going to go back to that game and get as many trophies as I can because I, I really, really like this game. I immediately added it to my favorite games of all time once I rolled credits. 
Um, the story isn't anything groundbreaking or anything, but it's really about the cast of characters that you spend 70 hours with and you just grow to learn more about them. The, the arcs for, there's six people on your party and each character has enough time and you would assume they would if you have 70 hours to use, but they really use that time really well and they have arcs for each of the characters, all satisfying conclusions. And yeah, I, I, that's kind of really the real reason that I love this game so much is because all the characters are so well written and I really got attached to them. And, and JRPGs usually have this effect on me where when I'm reached the end of them, I feel like I'm le leaving a group of friends behind and I get mm. really bittersweet about it. Persona had the same effect on me every time I finish one of those games. Like, oh man, I'm going to miss these guys. And I'm definitely getting that feeling from, uh, from Tales of Arise as well. So I'm going to spend as much time with them as I can trying to get that platinum. But uh, yeah, it's a fantastic game. Hell yes. Is okay, it Oh, sorry. I thought you had more. Yeah, that's, no, 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 that's no. all I got, yeah. It's, I already it's talked me, so it's much about next. it, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> hmm. I've still been squabbling. You know this. I gotta get my Victor Royales. <laughs> I bought a dance, because I had some free money on there still. So I, <laughs> No, I bought, I bought the Naruto run, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> nice. But I also went in and, absolutely, dude, you Shadow Drop Metroid Prime Remastered, one of the best games ever made. You know for damn sure I'm picking it up. For $40? Absolutely. Easiest CS I've ever done. But yeah, I've been ending my nights just playing Metroid Prime. And it's still, again, one of the best games ever made. When did, it, when did this game come out? Almost 20 years ago? Something like that? That may or may not be true. But I was very young when this game came out in GameCube. Uh, when the GameCube. So it must have been 2001, 2, 3. One of those. Okay. It's been a minute. It's been only about... There you have it. 21 years ago. Um, I'm... I'm past where I made it as a kid, because as a kid, Metroid was very hard for me. But like I knew back then it was something special. I was not able to appreciate Metroid Prime until like this moment as an adult. Like this is a sublime freaking experience. And I could gush about it. I won't. Uh, but I think everyone should if you're a Nintendo fan, like Metroid is <laughs> I was thinking about this yesterday. Metroid may be like the best Nintendo franchise, and it may be up there as like over Mario for me. Damn. Over Zelda is a different discussion. I'd have to really sit down and think about it. But like, it is, it is that good, and I cannot wait for Prime Four because the Metroid series is just like so special every time it hits. Dread was fantastic. Prime is good. You're getting so many of the like GBA games ported. Oh my god, we're eating us Metroid fans. Metroid and I wouldn't even consider myself a hardcore Metroid. Yeah, Fusion. Oh my god, dude. Anyway, hell yeah, I'm done. Gage. Is it my turn? I've played nothing. <laughs> I've played nothing. That's not true. Um, I jumped into Steam Next Fest and tried to play a bunch of indies. And I did, I think I played six or seven demos of some uh, really cool games. Shout out to a game that I hope is a working title, but if not, uh, you know, it's all right. Uh, it's called Infect Infection Free Zone. And <laughs> It is an RTS zombie apocalypse city builder, and the gimmick is that it uses, similar to uh, Microsoft Flight Sim, it uses uh, Google uh, image data. So you can oh, kind yes. of create a safe zone in a real-world location. They only had a select few for the demo, um, but pretty much what they did is they generated like a set number of building types, and then they try to accurately recreate the Google image data so you could... Theoretically, I mean, any any four of us, if we wanted to get into the game, could you know create a little colony in your actual sort of neighborhood, and um, 
aside from that, like pretty, it was a pretty basic RTS uh, base building, and you're building fences, and you're sending troops out to collect resources and, and scavenge through buildings, and that was pretty fun. So, I want to give a shout out to that one. Um, I tried Operation Harsh Doorstep, which is a uh, FPS that's been getting a lot of buzz. That was good, and then. The main thing that I'm going to talk about is a game that's getting a huge amount of buzz right now called Dark and Darker, which is yeah. a it's pretty much um, doing Skyrim dungeons, except it's also Tarkov and uh, it's awesome. It is a really fun roguelite. It's extremely punishing and slow paced. But um, when you get a squad together and you've got like a paladin casting heals and you've got your you got your archer throwing arrows, and then you got your knight up front. It's it's it is awesome. It is a great game. I can totally see why it's getting all the hype that it's getting. And this is now kind of um jumped to the front of my radar when it comes to roguelites and or Tarkov like experiences, extraction shooters, if you will, even though it's medieval. Um Dude, yeah, really good stuff. People are like rant people that I know are like ranting about it, so it's, it's got me a little excited to check it out. Absolutely. The next time they do a limited test demo, uh, you should definitely. It's free to sign up. Uh, actually, you don't even, last time I didn't even have to sign up. You just go to Steam and download it, and you're good. But um, yeah, awesome game. Really, really great. If you're into that sort of thing. Okay. It looks like the uh, the demo is still available for it, uh, or they have a different one, maybe. It is. It was supposed to end on Monday. They extended it until tomorrow. So sometime oh, gotcha. tomorrow, the demo is is uh, closing it's down. Gone. Got it. All right. Sorry. Some Japan stuff is coming up. Also, shout out to Sons of the Forest, which I don't know if it still is, has briefly was briefly Steam's number one most wishlisted game, Damn. surpassing Starfield. Oh, yeah. Damn. That game's going to be pretty good, right? Right, Gage? It's going to be huge. In your fantasy. It's going to be huge. <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. I'm predicting, I'm predicting 90. I'm predicting 90. I want to wow. say it right now. 90 or above. I can hear Gage like playing a little video game in the background. I'm not playing video games. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm not a. F- None of us are. We shouldn't be. I'm just kidding. Uh, topic of the show. We're gonna have some fun. A little bit of a disorganized uh, conversation, but I think it's gonna be the fun of it. What games need a remaster? This this spawned to me today. The inception of it, as I was thinking about Metroid Prime, I realized shadow dropping games like this. And us, like, craving more... Us, I mean, like, us Nintendo and Metroid fans, wanting more Shadow Drops from Nintendo. Being like, yes, you know what? Maybe I do want more remasters, because Nintendo has a catalog of amazing games they just sit on, dude. And dropping it for 40 bucks, they could be making so much money. We don't have sales number yet. Uh, the game just launched, what, like, last week, right? And then the physical release doesn't happen until next week, so we won't get... I think NPDs for that until March. Um, however, it is like charting on Amazon over you know AAA, over AAA releases um, that have released this month. So it's doing pretty well, and I imagine it will continue to be doing well. So I pose this question: Which games need a remaster? Of course, I thought of some, and if you look at the thumbnail, I actually even brought a couple of there. I, I put Bloodborne in there, put Kirby Air Ride, Zelda Twilight Princess. And Red Dead Redemption 1. Just just tossing some out the dartboard to begin our conversation. Is there any that you guys would like to uh, start with first? Yes. Tell me. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> Roshan already knows. I know. Yeah. 
Oh are we talking? God. Are we talking? Is this conversation specifically remaster? Or are we also talking remake? Or I mean, there's there's room to discuss different. remakes, but those are those are a, a bit different. That requires like okay. going in from the ground up and and in doing that something. case, in that case, I do not want a Red Dead One remaster. I want it in the Red Dead Two engine, which is kind of the sure. thing because half of the map is already made. People were really hoping that they were doing that, and uh, yeah, so. If we're talking remasters, then I will. I do not want Red Dead One remastered. I want that in. I want a remake. I want a full remake. I guess that's a greater question. Like, is there games that we would prefer having a remaster over a remake? That's a good. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I, I think. Sorry, keep going. No. <laughs> Gage. Gage. Mom? Keep going. Mom. Um. I think I, I I was I was gonna I was gonna raz I was gonna dunk on Christian but I didn't want to. Oh, <laughs> look at him! I don't want to do that. I don't know. Like, there's something to be said for like or, like original tone and like feeling for games. Like, That's there fair. there are small changes to Metro Prime Remaster. I think work better now than before. But like, I'll, I'll just continue talking about it. Like, there are like aesthetic choices in, in in this remaster that like really punch in on like what the original GameCube was going for and probably just like couldn't handle. Like one of the things original Metroid Prime does really well is like when you shoot something near like n that's near to Samus, uh, the visor will reflect her face and she'll be like moving or looking or blinking and like you just see like you get to see like the protagonist from inside the own visor and everything is like diegetic. So like everything is moving like as if you were inside this helmet uh and what the remaster does is like punctuate that even further so the environment reflects on the top of the visor so as you're shooting your beam you're seeing the light on the top of it like reflect or when you're charging it's even like it's just glowing and these kind of small things really work um grant that's maybe more for what gage is saying about remake but for remaster yeah i, I don't know like there's something to be said like games as they were then with some small polish and ported over is like i think is great for for game preservation and feeling like you're able to access something that was from some time ago and not remade entirely yeah i think wind waker was is a great example for that too sure. when, they, when they did the hd thing i like i don't know if i would want them to really change much about that game besides make it more accessible and make it look prettier and get a do a few quality of life changes which is what they did and i think that was a a great call for that um a game that i do want to be uh remastered because I, I have a list here but there i i was when you brought up the remake versus remaster thing i was like maybe some of these games i'd rather be remade than just remastered but one of the games that i would want to be remastered is sonic advance for the game boy advance. sure i i see like don't make that a 3d game don't like change the graphics of that just like make the sprites look pretty maybe do it in, do it in the sonic mania style if anything but just like keep that game how it is but bring it to more consoles make it prettier i could see that being really really cool if they did that which i don't yeah. see them ever doing ever no <laughs> maybe they'll bring those games back on the, the mm -hmm. nintendo online thing maybe sega will make a collection but mm -hmm. i can never see them doing like a what they did for sonic one two and three with the origins collection recently I, yeah that would be awesome though Oh my god! Yeah, I think, I think if we... oh oh yeah, I think any of the Metal Gear Solid games would be worse if they were uh, done as a remake and not a remaster. Ooh, interesting. 
probably right. <laughs> Final oh. Fantasy VII was a great remake. In the... Would it? I, could could Kojima Fair point. pull it off? I don't know. Fair point. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's so many fans that uh, of those franchises that would probably be more up in arms about changing like gameplay mechanics in, in a remake uh, for especially like Metal Gear, like you were saying. So like they would probably be more akin to uh, getting the classic gameplay with just better yeah. visuals and stuff. Uh, and one thing that popped into my mind, and this might be controversial, uh, I don't know if it will be, but Mario 64, like one of the best games on N64, like give that thing a visual overhaul, and that game I it feel did. like would play pretty well. We got the, the DS. Yeah, but like, I was going to say the DS. Always, <laughs> you're right. I forgot about that. When I mean, there's a DS one. And we even got the collection too, the 3D All Stars yep. thing. True, but th- was that remastered though, or was that? It it looked nicer, but yeah, yeah I don't think they did that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Modern controls, you can move that stick around, baby. It's fair, yes. but yeah. there is the DS one, like Christian said, and yes. they they yeah. did do a lot of a lot of stuff with that one. I I do think a genre that lends itself really well to specifically remasters and not remakes is racing genre. And mm. if I were to say um the mm. game that i think the most needs a remaster and i'm gonna keep it within the rockstar is uh you know what i'm saying midnight club los angeles oh baby one of the greatest racers of all time um i actually went oh. through a kick not, not just uh <laughs> just last year where i was like playing it again as almost as if i'm play, playing it for the first time like i was actually mm. getting really into it and like oh I'm, i can't wait till i get home from work so i can try and beat a couple more missions of in midnight club la a game that came out over a decade ago but um, yeah, I think I think a game like that would be great. I, I, there's we're slowly losing the uh, the arcade, like the heavy, heavy arcade racer, and um, those are fun games, especially nowadays with so much uh, connectivity and all the online stuff. Like, I want a really fun game that just feels fun and wacky to play, but with just the right amount of sort of customization and and fidelity. And I think I think yeah, I, I can't I can't gush enough about Midnight Club LA. And then if we're talking a game that doesn't need a remaster now, but Maybe in three, four years, I would love one. Just a remaster. Don't leave leave it alone. Dishonored, the first one. Excellent gameplay. That yeah. game feels buttery smooth for a stealth gameplay. And because of the art style, that classic arcane art style, you could just leave that well enough alone. Are there any like PS3, Xbox 360 era games that you think might be worthy of getting a remaster pretty soon? Damn. Man, Dan. Oh, what is he I gonna just, say? I, Halo well, Three. I thought of a really well. <laughs> yeah, give 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 Blur the uh, make the him cinematics? do the, the cutscenes. Oh. Yeah, there you go. I oh would. Oh my god. Trust me, I would absolutely love Halo Three remastered. <laughs> Dan's like, trust absolutely. me, I will commit a felony to get yes. this. Game. <laughs> yes, because Halo 3's gameplay holds up very well nowadays. So yes, I'm 100 percent on board with that. However, I thought of something else. I thought of. So I thought of an N64 game, but then you just said Xbox 360. Oh, so now I'm going to oh. come. Christian, you just made me think of another. You always you, oh, no, oh, you just made me. No, that's another great one. I, <laughs> I would love Conquer. Yes, Conquer would be great. Yeah. Conquer Live and Reloaded on Xbox was such a the multiplayer was so underrated. Oh, 
I well, the, Live and Reloaded was actually this the same exact campaign as oh, Bad Fur Day. You, yeah. It just had multiplayer with it as well, which was so uh, again, underrated. So did Bad Fur Day. You always forget this. It did. Oh, I'm sorry. Online multiplayer. Online. Yes. Multiplayer. Yes. Sorry. Uh, but yes, I That's freaking, incredible. I loved it. It was so good. But anyways, back to my original thing that popped into my head. Banjo Kazooie on N64. I, I, I fucking <laughs> would love that. That would be fantastic. And Banjo, in my opinion, Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts on Xbox 360 far underrated. I loved building freaking vehicles yes, in that game. Yes, so much fun, and yes. it still had the heart of Banjo Kazooie. So like, I would love remasters of both of those. Oh, nuts and bolts was awesome, dude. Yeah. I'll show you my nuts and bolts. <laughs> I have a quick fun story for nuts and bolts. I went to this is this okay. I went to Blockbuster. Oh god. And I went to rent a video game and I picked this awful 360 game called like Raven Strike. It was like some hybrid. It was like this was back when like C tier games existed. It was like a hybrid first person shooter and then it'd zoom out to RTS on the click of a button. It was Ray. I can't. Don't. I don't know what the game's called. Raven Strike or something like that. Type in FPS RTS game. I found Raven Strike. Is that what it's called? And it's like a dude in the jungle. It looks like a Ghost Recon guy, kind of. This looks sci-fi. Oh wait, no. Raven Squad, I think, is what. You're Raven looking. Squad. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think. So I take this game home, <laughs> and I don't know how old I am. I must be like either late elementary school or early high or early high school. No, probably late elementary school. And I'm mm -hmm. pl I'm playing it, and I'm like, this is the worst game I've ever played <laughs> by a lot. So I beg my parents to take me back to Blockbuster to, ch to exchange it. So we do, and we awkwardly exchange it, and the per and the girl's like, what's the reason? And my mom's like, uh, it's bad. It's really bad. And she's like, oh, okay, we don't normally do that. That's fine. So what do I pick instead? I pick this fun-looking game called Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Yeah. And I bring it back home. And I get into it and I'm building my thing and I'm like, wait a minute. I didn't know this was possible. Like, this is the first physics based <laughs> game I'm playing. I'm spending all this time building it. And then the game is scratched to shit and it keeps freezing. Oh, no. oh. So I, Daniel, the, the first hook of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, I was pleading with my mother to take me back to Blockbuster for a second time <laughs> so I could get another copy, the one that worked. When oh I gosh. I got about 30 minutes of Banjo-Kazooie in and I was hooked from then on and I was craving it. She did not take me back to Blockbuster. She said that was ridiculous. What? So I did what not happened? get the I had to I had to wait till like years later till I was looking at a sale on Xbox One years. for backwards backwards compatibility. And I was like, oh yeah, Banjo-Kazooie. And I picked it up and I was like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. You just threw away money. I saw I saw the light. And then you Dude. need to understand as a small child whose priorities is only video games to be able to play that game for 40 minutes and not realizing that building vehicles in a game brick by brick was even possible to then have the game shit the bed and me not be able to play it ever. I was heartbroken. Glenn, that sucks. I just thought of one too, but Glenn has one. Glenn has one. He says Star Fox. Oh, oh sure. That's yeah. Any of them. Flying games, flying games, racing games. These are great because mm -hmm. even if they feel old and arcadey, you just update the controls and it still has that feel. Are you ready for this then? Yeah. The Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh, yes. 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 As a remaster, get yes. out of here, dude. Come on. Incredibly. Which somebody was making that, right? <clears throat> or maybe they were. Was, was I think there was a fan project going, yeah. trying to get that. 
I love fan projects. <laughs> I'm your only bring, fan. Bring Double Dash back while we're at it, too. Another racing game. Yeah, Double Dash can stay where it is. It's fine. All right. Well, <laughs> is that where we're ending it? Unless we have any others? Here we um, go. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. I'll bring that back. Oh. In any are, you, are you just reading things off of a list? I'm on backlogged. I'm going through my games. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, you know Ghost I mean? Recon. Give me a Ghost Recon. Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter Remastered. I'm going to keep just, it real. Just Oh, yeah? I just want a Ghost Recon game again. Like a good one, you mean? No, like a Ghost Recon game at all. I'll take a bad one, but I just need one that's Ghost Recon and not GTA. Sure. I think any first-party GameCube game is worth remastering. That GameCube library library is pretty elite. Pretty, I'll take pretty elite. Step, I'll take it one step further. The mid mid two thousand jumping off sure. of my Ghost yeah. Recon mid two thousands Ubisoft any game from the mid two thousands they that's when they're on their hot streak. Yep, you got first sure. eight. You got the first Assassin's Creed. You got Splinter Cell Double Agent. Well, you got now. Wait a minute, because the first Assassin's Creed, I'd much rather have a remake than remaster. Because I feel well, like the, that... and this is where the this is where the waters get muddy. Because a remaster is like, do they put the do they just clean up the animations and make it? Yes, because obviously if it's as clunky, we kept it. We kept the feel exactly the same, so you could throw your controllers yeah. at the wall again. <laughs> like no, obviously I don't want that. Yeah. So I guess I guess that's true. That's where it gets. But things like things that are slower paced, like Splinter Cell Double Agent, I think yes. a remaster is oh. totally possible. Of that yes. that game, when it came to stealth, man, that was the Splinter Cell game. Well, and there was two different versions of that game: the the original Xbox version and the 360 version. They were two completely different games, yeah. which people don't know realize. <laughs> Insane. I have one more for me and Ro. Just for us two. Well, Ultimate no. Spider Man. Why oh do you want to yes. enjoy that? Who are no. you to try and gatekeep us from Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man? Did you guys also like, play Ultimate Spider-Man? I'm like sorry. any kid who was born in the 90s didn't play <laughs> fucking Spider-Man. Dude, it was so I had to, good. I had to play that at my friend's house because I didn't have... Uh, that was the PlayStation 1, right? The, or my, I mean, it was multi-platform. It was okay. through instant well, party. That's where I, where I played it, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love that game. That was, that was great. I, would mm. I mean, we have Insomniac now, but... I don't know. That would be great. I would love that. I'm Sonic <laughs> Adventure 2, then. I'm just going to insult yes. you guys. Yeah, never get that, but yes. Insult me, then. I'm going to insult you guys by saying that reminded me of Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. Very underrated. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Still a good one. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great fun. game. I want any of the old Pokemon games to be remaster yeah instead of remade is what they've been doing where they're making it 3d yes mm. and pokemon black is probably next on the cutting board which is my favorite pokemon game and i'm very worried i'm very scared <laughs> but i'm also very excited but i would just love them to just make the pixel art look nice and that's it you don't sure. have to do anything else give me but, pokemon uh, sapphire yes just make it pretty just make it even more pretty make it look like octopath Traveler, and i'm good i say like Two that more. that's like easy but <laughs> sure yeah <laughs> Uh, two are more. I have. To, are we allowed to participate in these ones or no? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> have you played any Paper Mario game? Yeah, I have Paper Mario. Which... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or are you just yanking my chain? I'm not. I played Paper. Is that is that one of the Mario games? Is it called Paper Mario? <laughs> okay. Well, is it called Paper Mario? You haven't, you haven't played it then. Paper Mario. Bring Paper Mario back and, as a remaster. Any anyone. 
Thousand Year Door would be great too. Uh, and Sonic Riders. Sonic mm. Riders needs to come back. Mm. The second Wii, the Wii U, or I think it was the Wii, not the Wii U. The sequel just did not hit, and I need, I need to, I need that back in my life. Am I, mm-hmm. Wait, was Sonic Riders the one where you used like the Wii balance board, or am I not no. remembering correctly? Okay, Sonic Riders was a a GameCube one, but then they did oh. they did make a sequel though, Dan. So maybe that's the one that did the. Okay, I think it was like free free rush or something weird like uh, that. I'd like a remaster of the specifically the Wii port of Black Ops One. <laughs> oh God. God, did I tell you my friend had the Wii copy of of uh, World at War? He had like his, his little <laughs> nunchuck and Wii and then you get your tank, you know, like take it apart and like you know pilot it like like a car. Insane, insane. Okay, well, I guess that's it then. <laughs> I was doing research on Sonic Riders. God. <laughs> Called Zero Gravity, speed. Dan, apparently. Oh, okay. Sonic Riders, Zero Gravity. Okay. There you have it, folks. Video game re- remasters. There's a lot of them that we need. Horizon Maybe Zero Dawn, money. please hurry up. It's no. taking them so long. No. Just stop. Just <laughs> stop, dude. God help us if it's a remake or they charge like $70 for that. God help us indeed. That does it for this week's PXN. Thank you to er- again to everyone joining us live on YouTube and Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else you get your pods. Uh, I will not be here for the next two weeks, but until then, thank you, Ro. Thank you, me. Thank you, Gage. And thank you, Daniel. This has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love, and keep on gaming. Stay warm for me. Stop gaming. Stop gaming (laughs) right now. Stop the MCU. Stop it. Ant-Man.